What's up, guys? Welcome to Beyond the Bench Hockey. We're your hosts. I'm Chad, sick of your Schmidt. As always, I got Trev, Marlobius Thornton. Did I say it right finally? No, but what's up, guys? <laughs> and very happy to announce our special guest today, Christian Horn of the Utah Grizzlies, who is uh, my home team, who I am there and watch almost every single game. Christian, thank you for joining us. How you doing, man? Not a problem. Not too bad, fellas. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, before we get into everything, why don't you uh, kind of tell us who you are, a brief intro of your career and kind of what led you to where you're at now? Uh, yeah, not a problem. Uh, Christian Horn um, from Plymouth, Minnesota. I grew up in Minnesota, got fortunate enough to play high school hockey in Minnesota. Um, we did win a state championship my senior year. I'm definitely plugging that in here. Um, got to go to college uh, right after I was a true freshman, went into the University of Minnesota, um, ended up leaving about two months after my sophomore year, went to the USHL for a year, um, then went to St. Lawrence, finished out college hockey there. Um, once I was done with St. Lawrence, went to play uh, a few games uh, for Fayetteville in the SPHL, then got called up to Rapid City, played there, um, and then after... Rapid, I had fun, funny story. I actually still had some school to finish, but I didn't have any NCAA eligibility left because I transferred. So I had to do a semester of school, watch and practice with the team and kind of just watch them play hockey, um, which wasn't the easiest thing in the world. But uh, stay in shape, do that, and then go play um, when I graduated in January. So um, once I was done, graduated uh, in January, went to play some games in Fayetteville, got called up to Rapid City, finished that, and then started in Norfolk the year after that, or started in Pe uh, Peoria the year after that, and then in um, Norfolk, and then after Norfolk, played with South Carolina, traded back to Norfolk, and then finished the year off in Utah last year. Very awesome. With, uh, what, what was it? I believe 10 points, right? Five goals, five assists, 22 games. Well, played. I, I played, I played one game for Utah last year. It was at the deadline. And then, um, right at the played one game right at the deadline. Um, on the next night on Saturday, I think it was March 3rd or something like that. And then on the 16th, the season was canceled. So yeah, I spent my, Spent my week and a half in Utah, which was awesome. Love the city. Wish I got to play a little bit more hockey there, but definitely looking forward to it. Um, so where are you now? Are you in Minneapolis? Yep, back in Minneapolis for the summer. It's, uh, it's got to be difficult right now. What a, <laughs> it's how, definitely are guys, a weird, how are you guys handling all this? It's definitely a weird time. You know, it's, uh, it's, 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 interesting to even answer that question you know when you say how are you guys handling this i guess you're trying to be safe you're trying to be active you're trying to make sure you're doing the right things and you're also trying to make sure you're not being ignorant to what's going on either and trying yeah, to absolutely. educate yourself as much as you can so it's a little bit of a sticky situation you want to go help and at the other at other times you know there are some riots that aren't necessarily the safest place to be and the safest things to be a part of so that's a scary kind of interesting 
place to put yourself in, depending on where you, you know, where you stand and how you feel. Like I said, it's a, a dead, not the easiest subject to talk about, but you know, my family has t- taken the COVID thing, done, done pretty well with it. Great communication there. Um, you know, with the riots and everything that's going on here, it's just trying to stay safe. Like I said, you know, educate yourself, try not to be ignorant to the situation and, um, you know, do what you can to help others um, clearly with what's going on. Right. As yeah. you know, like I said, I, am I fearful for my life out here? No, absolutely not. Um, is it interesting um, to see what's going on in Minneapolis? Absolutely. But um, with that being said, you know, unfortunately what happened, no one wanted to see. I think it made a, everybody's stomach drop a little bit. Um, and it's not the way you want eyes to be opened, but hope you know. It's tough times. It's, yeah, it feels weird to say. Hopefully, it opens some eyes yeah, when you have yeah. to, you know, watch an event like that happen. But hopefully, yeah. it opens some eyes. Right. So with with COVID and then into this, have you been, you know, able to uh, kind of get the work in you need to stay in shape? What have you been doing? Trying to. At first, you know, with everything that was going on, you're trying to stay in shape. You didn't know if you were going to be playing or not. And then when the season was canceled came home, I won't lie, probably took about three, three or four weeks off to enjoy myself and play some golf. I love to play golf. So I got out there. It was a little cold here in mini still, but still got to play some golf with COVID and everything. Easy way to social distance. And, you know, they throw things in the cup so you're not actually digging in there, you know, grabbing the ball, doing all that stuff. It's fun. <laughs> um, but the the skating's been tough. You know, it's been tough to find ice so far just with, um, you know, keeping everybody's emotions comfortable, I think, as well. You know, you want to obviously go skate. You don't want to break any rules or laws, but um, you want to do well by other people, too, and be as clean as you possibly can. Locker room isn't necessarily the cleanest place in the world, so I think there are some things we're going to – there's, you know, some hurdles we're going to have to get over when we head back to that. But I have been able to work out – fortunate enough to have a little gym in my house and my trainer back home is great one-on-one texting all the time and he actually just let me back into his gym this week so real kind of the ramp up of things has started this week for me that's awesome that's good right so uh we were talking about COVID and uh, a couple episodes ago we had another ECHL player on his name was Colton Sausserman played for the Idaho Steelheads and Mm -hmm. He was talking about how, you know, the ECHL, their main revenue is through having audience, having fans in the stands, you know. So have you as a player heard any rumblings from the higher-ups in the ECHL about maybe what they're planning on doing, how they're planning on getting the season started next year at all? It's tough because, honestly, even as a player, you make your phone calls to coaches and scouts or people who are around the league who you you think might have heard something or even even old coaches, um, you know, that have NHL ties and stuff like that, that you hope might have a little bit of info on other things. But every single coach I have talked to has said, I would like to say hopefully we can start by November, but that's just me saying hopefully yeah. we can start by November. I can't actually give you a real date or give you a real month or what actually is really going to happen. And I think the tough thing for us is too, you know, with the NHL, and what they're trying to do and trying to accomplish, which I commend them greatly for, um, you know, with contracts, you know, trickling down and all that stuff, we still have to finish that season out to kind of round out some rosters that might be 
in the coast, in the AHL, you have to figure out those numbers out as well. So there's a lot of trickle down effect, I think, that happens. And it doesn't, can't necessarily start to happen until that NHL season is completed. Yeah. Right. So do you think there's, you know, if, if they can't start right away, do you see the ECHL ever starting with no fans in the arenas like the NHL is talking about? Or do you think they postpone the season, if that's the case, until we can have fans in the stands? It'd be hard. I, it's a dicey situation because the hockey player and the child and the love of the game in me is like, how do you not start a season, regardless if it's late and people aren't in the stands or not? I'm sitting here thinking, absolutely, we'll get it done. Not a problem. We'll find a way to make it happen. Right. That being said, the business side that you see when you get into pro hockey, um, you know, it's tough. It makes it an unlevel playing field for a lot of teams, especially in the ECHL too. Some teams are could probably be more than fine paying their players throughout the summer if they wanted to, to get through um, COVID, you know, and there's some teams who might not even – be a team next year so it gets to be a you know a a dicey situation when some teams can absolutely make it happen other teams absolutely can't make it happen you know if you waited it out you'd still have a full league if you forced the issue you might not have a full league but you got some teams doing that you know making it happen but working with less of what they're used to having as well you know I think just the the shortened resources and the not knowing makes it really really tough as much as I want to sit here and say absolutely they're going to start the season and I'm sitting here telling you I believe that regardless even if it's late they're going to start the season I I think Sasserman makes a good point it's it's tough you know the business side of things any smart businessman who wants to try and at least make some money and isn't doing it for fun or isn't it doing it just because he loves the game and wants to own a team is sitting there going well, how am, I, how am I going to put a team on the ice if I can't pay them and or bring in some money? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, make, that makes total sense. Um, I, I guess we all just really want hockey back and we don't think <laughs> right? that, no, we I just know. don't it's, think of the business side of things. No, you really just... <laughs> don't. And you're sitting there, you know, like the NHL, if they're able to pull off this playoff, for us sitting at home, how much fun are we going to have watching four NHL games a day? Yeah, like, I mean, how outstanding. Literally glued to the TV. Won't stop. Like, in, I have buddies that will be sitting there probably betting on the whole thing because practically it's playoff hockey. You know, it is playoff well, Yeah, yeah. And, then, you know, and then it might the be off a few months, right. But it's playoff <laughs> hockey. They're getting ready for it. They're still trying to win a Stanley Cup. Like, it's still going – for us sitting at home, that will be some of the, you know, the most entertainment we've had in a very long time. We will absolutely love it. For those guys, I mean, especially in the NHL, where the toughest place to play might during the regular season, Florida, where there's not that many people, right? Like those playoff atmospheres, it's what you do. It's what you live for. It gets your blood going. It gets everybody, you know, jumping and practically through the roof. What are those games going to be like? I I wish I could tell you. I'd like to tell you they're just as intense as they they should be. but with those paychecks at play and with everything those guys have, you know, and not, not playing for a couple months and just hopping back into it, playing every other day, injuries, all that kind of stuff. Yep. You know, like there's so many other things to that they 
like I said, that they have to get over the hump and get through, which I believe they will. It's what they do for a living, obviously. It's just, there's obviously going to be a different feel to it. I did like, I'm a big soccer fan, and I like when the Bundesliga came back. Their first game, they didn't play any fans in the background. It was just the commentators. And then the next game, the next day, it was Bayern and someone else uh, lower in the league. And they played comment like the fans screaming in the background on the TV, and it made like just the watching experience a lot more enjoyable. Right. For us, you know, for us at home, I think we'll be awesome. We'll be, you know, we'll be enjoying ourselves watching the hockey there. Um, you know, where the games are being played and um, what they're being asked to do. Yes, it is their job, and it's definitely out of the norm. But I think they'll be able to get it done. It'll just be definitely. It'll it'll be interesting to see. You know, and it's funny, you mentioned Florida, and it was a joke at first that I made, and I was saying, oh, you know, Florida's got, not got any fans ever. Their stadium's yeah, they don't got any anyways. You gotta, you gotta wonder, you gotta wonder, do they have an advantage going into this now because they know what it's like to play without fans? <laughs> Absolutely. No, it's, I mean, I, part of me is like, you know, there's games you play in the ECHL three o'clock on a Sunday afternoon that really, let's be honest, there aren't a lot of people going to that game or a Wednesday yeah. night where people have kids and they don't want to put their kids out till 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock. Like it's tough to get people to those games. And so you, yeah, you get used to playing those games and getting yourself jacked mm -hmm. up. And, you know, like if you're playing, you know, if you're, you know, hometown or you're playing for the Philadelphia Flyers, you're playing for the Tampa Bay Lightning, you're playing for the Pittsburgh Penguins where it's wedged the whole time and shit loud you're right. I think Florida does have a bit of an advantage there. They know how to get themselves up for those games. They almost know how to play in front of a quiet barn. Yeah. So we're we're supposed to play at uh, Maverick Center before you guys on March 14th. It really? The, yeah, it was the military appreciation night. And, okay. Do you uh, guys get a lot of fans for that one though? When it's there, we do. So there's there's a one that we do in January every year, the Guns and Hoses um, mm -hmm. hockey game, Police First Fire, and that. I mean, stands are full. They stay, they, it's a full day of hockey. They go to the both Guns and Hoses game and then they stay for the Grizzlies game. Um, it's, it's one of my favorite events of the year as far as the Grizzlies games. That's and then awesome. we're, we're going to do another thing similar with um, uh, the military appreciation one that you guys were doing on March 14th. Um, so I play for Utah Warriors, which is an all veteran team. And I was so excited. I'm like, this is going to be the biggest arena I've gotten. Playing, <laughs> and then it gets canceled. I'm like, Come on! Hey man, I, I, I played for I played in the Utica Odd when I was in high school. That was my home rink. That's where and, the Comets play, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've practiced there a few times when I was at St. Lawrence. So I, yeah, I, it's an interesting barn, but I do like that barn because I've seen yeah. there. Do you know the name Tony Cameronese at all? He's a buddy of mine. I trained. I've heard that name. I've heard that name floating around. Yeah, for a few years. Um, and I, yeah, I it's. It, it's funny you guys say that too because my sophomore year of high school there's a there's a christmas tournament at the xl energy center and if you make it there you know you play the championship game there but there's maybe 300 400 people there and like the puck goes in the air the xl energy center has dark green seats you can't even see the puck you know when it goes up in like to the area of in the air where the glass would be because it's all empty. It's dark green and black. And then a black puck goes in the air. You lose yeah. it. Oh my God, this is harder than I thought. Yeah. That's awesome. So you mentioned uh, earlier, you played for a few different organizations, college, um, the, uh, in Virginia as a Norfolk Admirals. Mm -hmm. Yep. yep. Um, and then of course, ECHL. 
Um, what's, what's, I guess, your favorite league that you played in, or what's the main differences um, in each of the leagues? Like, is, is there noticeable differences in the leagues um, besides speed and intensity, of course, or, you know, as you advance up? I would say nowadays, um, you know, my stint in the SPHL was, it's, I've got nothing bad to say about it. There's rinks in towns um, like Knoxville, Tennessee, where it's packed every night. Um, it's a small barn where the fans are loud as shit and it's awesome. And it's a great place to play. There's places like Peoria and Pensacola where they treat you really, really well. The only thing I would say that I noticed about the different the differences in the leagues is a little bit of intensity. And you have in the ECHL those guys who genuinely are serious about, I think, in the front, the mental side, genuinely are serious about trying to advance their hockey career. I think in the SPHL you get that. But at the same time, there's a little bit – there's a few more D3 athletes down there, and they don't necessarily know if they have the opportunity to move forward, but they are taking their opportunity to play pro hockey and they're enjoying it, which I commend them for because they're not making a lot of money and they're enjoying every single day that they have, that they wake up and they get to go to the rink. So I do give those guys a lot of credit. Um, I would think the only difference is, you know, when you get to the ECHL, you know, and the AHL and obviously the NHL, um, you have those guys who have been taught to work and work and work every single day and take it, you know, almost to a different level of love. It's serious and, you know, it's it's your job, but you love it. And uh, I think those guys are willing. I think there's just willing. There's a bit more of an output from those guys who are willing to take it seriously and move forward in the hockey world and in their career, regardless of whether it's ECHL, NHL, SPHL, or over in Europe trying to move forward. You see those guys who are enjoying themselves and doing what they're doing and just want to enjoy themselves. And you see those guys who are there when they they want to get a little bit more out of it. And I don't think that it's hard to see that. Yeah, ECHL games are so – I almost like going to those more than NHL games. It's so fast-paced. and Well, and it's funny. My, I have buddies that call the AHL the Always Hungry League because those guys are one phone call, one injury, one little bounce, one step away from just actually making the jump and getting the call, right? So they're always just right there just thinking it's so close, it's so close, it's so close. And the same thing for us in the ECHL, that one AHL guy or that one NHL guy gets injured. It's like, okay, well – it works like a totem pole. So I get an opportunity, right? There is an opening somewhere. So someone's going to want to take that. In the ECHL, I think you do see the young kids, the younger kids who are starting professional careers, wanting to really get somewhere and aren't necessarily happy with where they ended up really going after it in the ECHL as well. And I agree with you. They're, they're, they get intense and they're fun to watch, especially, so you know, I've, I've seen them before. I've played in the West in the ECHL, but those – I think I, that that Utah and Idaho rivalry, you know, the old Colorado and Rapid City one, things like that. Those are some intense, intense games. Oh yeah, the Utah versus Idaho, man. There's, I'm sure you've obviously met the players, but Mitch, oh, yeah, Mitch, I got Mitch Maxwell gets dirty against Idaho, man. Those games are <laughs> so fun to I've watch. Got a couple of, I've got a couple of buddies on both sides before <laughs> I was actually on one side, so it was funny to listen to. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun to watch those ones. And then uh, same with Allen Americans. Allen Americans is a, a pretty big – just because they play each other so much that, the you know, there's there's just so much rivalry between the two teams. It's, it's fun to watch. 
Allen's never easy to play. Either my first pro game was in Allen, and <laughs> we beat him in overtime. And there was a bench clearing brawl because they were that upset about it, you know. And you're sitting there as a, it's your first professional hockey game. <laughs> game in overtime, and they cleared the bench for it. Like, holy shit! Yeah, it's just like a, this is what going to be like. Huh? Right? Like strap <laughs> in, you're ready to go. This is it right here. Yeah. All right, so. You know, we were talking about the NHL earlier and we were discussing their playoff thing. You know, we all know they're doing the, the 2014 playoff. What is your – you got an opinion on that at all? Like how they how they managed to select those teams and, you know. I – one, I'm just happy it's – the ball's rolling. Mm-hmm. My opinion is, like, I hope I get to watch playoff hockey regardless yeah. of how it happens, when it is or where it is. The only thing is, like, if it's in between, if you know, there's a playoff game in the middle of the weekend of the U.S. Open this summer or something like that. I might be in between a little bit of, uh, you know, TV shows there. But um, I, with everything that's happened, I have, you, you have to commend them for making it, trying to make it happen, yeah. give, getting a format down and, um, you know, getting the ball rolling. I think the format's actually going to be really fun because we don't get to see a lot of these matchups there's a lot of matchups like you haven't seen in a long time that are going to be one really good matchups too along with i think is it three games five game series the first five games for first five game series the first round so you're going to see those teams go at it and then i also think it's going to be interesting to to just show the disparity between you know usually you get those one and 16 but how good are seven and 17 through 24 in the nhl and it's yeah. going to show you how tight the league really is, how good the league really is, and how tough it could be for some of these teams to really get through a team you think they'd have no problem sweeping or, you know, beating, beating them in five or six. You know, they might have a tough time playing a team that they don't want to deal with because they didn't even think they were going to make it in the playoffs in the first place. Yeah, man, that's why I'm – I my team – I got no dog in the fight. The Sharks got bounced. So, I'm sure I'm sure to Montreal – Remember, there's 24 out of the 32 teams that went to the playoffs and your team 31. still isn't, isn't going to make it. No, I know. It's kind of tough, too. The Sharks, you think they were going to have one of those years and they're going to be right back in it, too. And But it's hockey. It, those those years happen. And yeah. Unfortunately, I think anybody who's played the game of hockey isn't probably really proud to say it, but that they've maybe been a part yeah. of you that does happen. Yeah. And also, we should use this time to remind everyone that Vegas' AHL team has – Pick the name before Seattle has still not told us their name that they're supposed to tell us on All-Star Weekend. <laughs> Seattle was? That's what yeah. I, right, right? Yeah. yeah. That was their no. plan, All-Star Weekend, nothing. I, I will say this. I love the Silver Knights. I think that's awesome. It's an unbelievable job. Stick with the theme. Stick with what's working and going for those guys. It's incredible. Smart play. I got buddies who I played with in college that are from Vegas and, like, the opportunity they see – just they didn't even think would ever have the opportunity to even see professional hockey in Vegas, let alone maybe even play for an a, their hometown AHL mm-hmm. or NHL team is awesome. And I think that Silver Knight idea is pretty good. Did you go to school or play with Gage Quinney? Uh, no, I did not. I went to school with um, St. Lawrence with uh, Joe Sullivan. He's out and okay. he's a kid out from Las Vegas. Yeah, it's going to be uh... – I'm stoked for it. I mean, the logo looks like uh, there's that meme. My little pony. Yeah, there's that meme. There's that meme that ran around of the two logos that says, "Okay, you can copy my homework, but don't make it too obvious." (laughs) (laughs) 
It makes sense. I, I like the logo, but I do get it. I do get it. What do you guys think uh, would be a good one for Seattle then? What did we I, say? I, the, the Seattle bitch pigeons? Bitch pigeons? <laughs> no. But honestly, honestly, I would like it if they went with the totems, you know, because they have a large Native American presence in, in Seattle. And, you know, to, if they want to play to their fan base, you know, I agree. you could do a lot with the totems logo too, like because there's bad. So different kinds of totem poles. So that was that's not idea. a bad idea. Do you guys want to see, do you want to, hold on, sorry. Do you want to see the highlighter green and blue, like the Seahawks out there on the ice? Or do you want to no, see, no, 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 no. I actually like that color scheme of the Seahawks. I'm not so. against it either. I actually but I, like, like in hockey, I don't know, but whatever. I'm not against it. Maybe not so much shine, maybe kind of dim it down a little bit, but. Maybe they'll use it for an alternate jersey or something. Not a bad play. Yeah. You know. Not a bad play. Commem- commemorate the Seahawks and still yeah. have. Oh, speaking of which, I got to. So our team. Um, we are getting new jerseys that are currently being printed right now, which you might appreciate. Sorry, I got to pull the picture up. But we have done our jerseys to commemorate Utah Grizzlies. Okay. We're, we're at every single game. We have our booth set up. Um, we obviously play with you guys awesome. um, for Guns and Hoses. But check out our new jerseys. We didn't steal your logo, of course, but we copied your color scheme. I don't know if you'll be able to actually see it. Oh yeah, those are fresh. Oh, I like how big that bear is too. So we got exact color scheme and everything. We're pretty. You should maybe email that white one, the coach. Is it still Tim? Yeah, that coach, that white one isn't bad at all. I I think uh, I'm pretty sure Tim already knows about it. I think we make sure we ask permission to be able to like kind of do it before. I'll kind of do it around the same logo. Yeah, I like that look. It's cool. uh, Yeah, we're we're pretty stoked about it. Oh, all right. Uh, usually at the end of the episode, we, uh, we'll go back and forth. We're going to ask six questions. Um, but before we do that, I just want to bring some up. Um, not to talk about the riots or anything. This has nothing to do with the riots. But just prior to the riots on May 28th, um, one of Utah's officers out in Ogden, Utah, uh, was responding to a domestic violence and was shot and killed in line of duty. Um, his name was Nate Leday. He died at the hospital. Um, we have... A couple days ago, we decided as Utah Warriors to try and do a charity hockey game against a team in Ogden called ODL, which is Ogden Developmental League. Um, it's just immensely got there. They got wind of it. Uh, we decided to actually make it into a tournament. It's on uh, the 26th and 27th of June. Um, you know, it's all the money, all the proceeds are going to go to uh, Nate's family and okay. you know, help, help his spouse out. Uh, but Tim and the Utah Grizzlies um, are donating and participating in it. So on behalf of us at Beyond the Bench and, of course, Utah Warriors, uh, we want to thank the Utah Grizzlies organization for actually getting involved and donating some stuff. Uh, we don't know what yet, but, you know, they always come through with some awesome stuff. Um, so since you are here, Christian, thank you for being a part of that organization and helping us uh, get some money to the family of the fallen officer. Absolutely not a problem. Anything, you know, I Utah the Grizzlies are – from what I've seen, a Class A organization, and it does not surprise me at all. Anything um, I know they they can do to help, they're they're willing to throw in there. So I'm not surprised to hear about it at all. Absolutely, yeah. guys. We're super stoked about it. We can't wait for it. And then, of course, we're probably going to win the tournament. So absolutely, yeah, of course. Standard, right? <laughs> and then standard. we get. Uh, yeah, I mean, standard. maybe as long as they keep, maybe as long as they keep you off the ice, you might have a chance. <laughs> oh, I'm 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 water. Only if they bro. fly me in. <laughs> Only if they fly me in. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> hey, we'll fly you in. I'll, I'll fly you in personally if you want to come play with us. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I'll take a little vacay, just a weekend. 
There we go. Um, also, one of our admins, uh, her son turned 12, and with everything going on, he was unable to have a unable to have a birthday party. So, from all of us, Aiden, happy birthday! Happy birthday, bro! Happy birthday, Aiden! And uh, let's let's pop into these questions. Perfect. So, um, of course, we're not gonna ask anything that'll jeopardize your <laughs> career. Appreciate it. What, what team do you wish you're playing for? No, just kidding. <laughs> 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 All right. Question one. What is your first hockey memory? First hockey memory would be my first goal I ever scored in organized hockey. I was probably three. I scored at Mary Uchi Arena. Man, I still have so, this. No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it, was, uh, it was a little fitting. I, you know, dreamed of wanting to be a goal for a score your first goal there. You know, got the kind of dip my toes into there for a year. So uh, that was, was pretty cool. That's awesome. All in off, uh, first hockey memory, you know, it's kind of a piggyback question almost. What got you involved in the sport? Um, my mom was from, my mom is from Pittsburgh. Um, my dad was a hockey fan. Um, and Mario, I'm a 93, Mario Lemieux, Yar Mariager were kind of everything in the city. We would always go visit my mom's uh, side of the family, my uncles. Pittsburgh is an unbelievable sports town. Um, and I just wanted to be Mario Lemieux. That's just, that was me. You just answered, answered one of our other questions too. <laughs> Number three. Who was your favorite player growing up? <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to do that one. Yeah, Mario Lemieux, no doubt about it. All right, Trap, going to number four. <laughs> yeah. Number four, what is your favorite game you've played in in your career? Um, my senior year state championship, high school. Um, I mean, the whole weekend itself is uh, a spectacle, uh, you know, in and out of itself. There's 20,000 people at each one of your games. Um, but to win it, to be a part of that, um, yeah. everything that was going on, um, you know, a guy named Jack Soblonski was on my team that year. He got paralyzed from the neck down. So there's a lot of things that were just happen happening in and out of that year. And that was just something I'll never forget. That's awesome. Number five, it was going to be what coach or player, but I'm assuming I'm going to know what player. So I'm going to change the question. <laughs> what, what coach influenced you the most throughout your entire career? I got to give this uh, kind of a two part question. Okay. There's two coaches. One, when I was young, probably Ken Pauly, my high school coach just kind of looked at me and told me, what well, you know, what are you scared of? Go take the reins. And, uh, take control of the game. And that's how I've always wanted to play hockey. I just didn't really ever, you know, know if it was kosher to play hockey that way um, when in a team setting, you know, you don't want to, you know, piss other people off. It's just kind of the way I thought. Um, and he kind of taught me to shoot the puck, you know, and that was just kind of where it all got started. And then um, when I got uh, to Norfolk the first time, Robbie Futora, um, had an unbelievable first impression on me. Just the way he described hockey, the way he taught hockey, the way he wanted you to play hockey gave me more confidence than any coach has ever given me. And I felt like even if I was probably playing against Sidney Crosby, um, Patrick Kane, and 
Steven Stamkos on the line, I could go out there and skate with him. He just had something about him that was, he just knew so much about hockey and was so good at teaching you and um, also caring at the same time. He was unbelievable. Absolutely awesome. All right, it's now. It's good to have coaches like that. Oh, yeah, it was incredible. And he's, you know, that guy who still lets you call, call him to this day and he'll still talk to you for an hour. It's perfect. So now our last question we've uh, asked since the beginning of the podcast, we've asked every one of our guests this question. Uh, we've received actually a pattern of answers. We won't disclose the pattern yet, but we're going to ask you the question now. If you could change one rule in the National Hockey League, what would it be and why? One rule in the National Hockey League, what would it be and why? Um, I'm only going to say this because I have a few buddies in the league, and I don't know if that if it's a well-known thing or not, but when you want to go watch your buddies play in the league and let's say I want to leave you tickets, they have to like, you know, a good amount of them have to pay for those tickets. They might get three or four tickets, but if you want 10 or 15, you have to pay about 150 bucks for those tickets. I think if you play in the NHL, you should have be able to bring your own family and friends. If you're playing in that hometown and you have enough people in that hometown, instead of buying 30 tickets for your friends and family, you should be able to have 30 tickets to get people at that game. So yeah. I think that's the one rule I would change. Hey, I yeah. like that rule. Yeah. I think yeah. that's, I think that's should be true. Especially like say you're born and raised here, but now you play here. All exactly. your family's here, like two miles away from the arena. Exactly. It's there. like you're telling me I got to fork over, you know, 30 people want to come and it's 145 bucks a pop for a ticket. Really? It's like, I, I, you know, I get the money's there in their contracts, but I, I don't, I don't, I think I would change that rule. Well, thank you for not following the pattern. Yeah, thanks, thanks for not changing the trapezoid. <laughs> every every one of our guests almost has said they want to get rid of the trapezoid. What, for what, though? Like, what's the big deal of the trapezoid? It only really affects goalies. Yeah, yeah, they were saying that, like, goalies like Pecorine and, like, Johnny Quick, the ones that can stick handle up and around, you know, they wanted it for them. But I, I, I do get that, but, I mean, I would just maybe advise your goalie be, you know, play it in front of the goal line. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to play it, play it in front of the goal line. I'll give there you, you go. Yeah. I'll give you a green light. Play the position. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, all right. Thank you guys for all being here. Christian, again, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. I personally can't wait to see you back out on the ice. We will obviously be there opening night. Um, it'll be the very loud one in the back. <laughs> Not sure. It'll probably be it'll be puck drop. It'll already be like six beers in, throwing himself over a railing. You know, that's perfect. I talked to him. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, no, from all of us here, uh, with everything going on with the riots, protests, hey, we're not here to choose sides. We understand both sides. Um, Stay safe. We just really want a peaceful solution. You know, here in the future, we don't want anybody else getting hurt. We don't want anybody else getting in trouble. So. From us, everyone, please just stay safe out there. Um, and, and again, we're, we're not choosing sides. We understand both sides. So uh, we just hope everyone stays safe throughout all of this. Especially yep. you, Christian. I mean, you're right in the you're right in the epicenter. We we really yeah. hope you and your family are safe during all this. No, thank you guys. I appreciate it. And thanks for having me again. Thank you. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. It's always fun to talk hockey. Appreciate yes, it. Yes, it is. We appreciate yeah. it. Have a Brad, good one. You got anything? Yeah, I. Um... Again, as always, our intro music, I'd like to thank my buddy Eric. Uh, follow him on SoundCloud at Chili Juice Box. He does an amazing intro for us. Uh, you'll be able to hear it once the episode's published. Um, other than that, everybody stay safe. Like we said, 
And Christian, thanks so much for being on the show, man. We really enjoyed the conversation. Absolutely. Thank you guys. Enjoyed it as well. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers.